This is the 217 Recovery Podcast with Corey Winfield. This is going back to the letter uh, that you didn't find. Sorry, Corey's mom. It is June 27, 2020. My name is Corey Winfield, and this is the 217 Recovery Podcast. Thanks for listening. Joining me again in the studio tonight is Marnie Liston. Marnie, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Such a big day for 217 Recovery and the podcast, just the uh, the organization overall. Um, you know, God's been good to us, and we'll get to that more a little bit later. I know you really want to talk about that and, mm-hmm. you know, what was kind of presented to us and it's sort of presented to us. I mean, it's definitely something that we're going to pursue and definitely exciting for us um but we'll talk about that in a little bit first though i want to talk about this opportunity that was presented to us to to help somebody out we got a call the other day and it was like hey you know this this guy needs to go um, check himself into a treatment center and the treatment center just happened to be skywood recovery which i'm very familiar with and courtney is a good friend of ours courtney quick and she actually let us tour. Chris Goss and I went down and, and toured the facility. A beautiful place. And everybody I met, I really I really liked. And I enjoyed what they had to say about recovery. And it wasn't just a, hey, come in here and let us take your money. You know, we want to be the biggest. You know, it was like, hey, we just, we just want to be a part of something that can change somebody's life and, and turn it around for them. And, you know, those things do cost money. And, you know, it, it's it's a business, but those people, I really got the feeling that they cared. So when I was, when I was told this kid was going to go there, this guy, then I thought, wow, okay. Yeah, this, this is, this would be perfect. Um, I started talking to the father and I could sense a real fear in his voice. Uh, the fear of, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I love my son and I'm, I'm stuck because I can't do anything because his addiction is, is grabbing him and, he's going to die if he keeps doing this and we love him. You know, I, I could sense that fear in his voice and, you know, I put my mom through so much. It just reminded me of that. And it gets to a point where, you know, my parents, they, they would get mad and frustrated. And my stepdad was really getting frustrated. It was like, I don't know if he said this to me or if I just kind of got the tone of voice or maybe he did say it. Uh, it was something like, why do you keep putting your mother through this? You know? And, it got to a point where he, he understood that I wasn't doing this for fun. It wasn't like, hey, Corey's going to go get trashed and throw a party. And No, it, w- it wasn't for fun. I think he realized that at the end. But I remember one time my mom telling him my blood alcohol level was like 0. 0.83 or something. And he said, no, you got that wrong. It was probably 0. 0.05 or something. And she's like, no, Mike, I know what I was told. And <laughs> I remember coming to and the emergency room and I just remember like I don't have pants on I look up and there's my mom and my stepdad okay well can I get some pants and I remember the doctor coming in and saying whatever my blood alcohol level was it was higher than what it was that 0.583 and my stepdad's face was just like like he couldn't believe it like he was like he just witnessed the longest home run ever hit at Wrigley Field or something he was just like oh my god like how what is going on like how was he not dead you know and I think that's kind of when it clicked for him that, you know, I, I wasn't doing it for fun and I wasn't doing it to, to piss my family off or to hurt anybody. 
it was just it was that out of control with my drinking and alcohol so he came to a point where i could even see him being compassionate you know and i remember he sat with me in my apartment one time and he came he came over a couple times where you know where i was just completely a mess and and he just sat and he didn't he didn't scold me he didn't tell me i was a bad person you know he just said look man let's let's give you some help um and and that that meant a lot you know it really did and i could tell this the guy the gentleman who called and i was talking to him and i I could hear that that sense of i don't know what to do and it was that such the beginning you know of well hopefully is a a short journey for this family with dealing with addiction but you know hopefully his son doesn't have to go to 15 treatment centers but and that's the thing too um if you some treatment centers will want to hurry up and rush 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 and each person's different there are some people that reach out and when they do they're at a, a good spot and a good point where yeah you can take them to treatment because they really do want help and there is hours, you know, where it's very crucial that you, you get them in touch with the right people into the right place. And then, you know, it depends on the, the drug too, you know. Um, but this kid was scared of this guy. I keep calling him kid. I'm sorry about that. But he he's just quite a bit younger than me. To me, he has a kid. But he he's uh, scared. He's never been to treatment. And he doesn't really know what to expect. And I... I think, and again, I'm not a therapist, not anything like that, not a counselor. I'm just going on experience. From my experience, I that might have been the last time I went to treatment. I'm pretty sure it was. We had pizza from DiMaggio's. There's a plug. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my favorite pizza place. So we had pizza. The family came over, and we talked. And, you know, my sister and my nephews and everybody was there, and you know, they told me that they loved me and my, my brother and it was, it was good. And it was very, very emotional. And, you know, at that point in my life, I felt like, I don't, how can anybody love me? I don't, I don't love myself. You know, I've hurt these people so many times that, yeah, this is it. This is the last time. And I go do it again. You know, like how can they trust me this time? And so to to have that kind of support before I went in, and it was something that I wanted. I, I wanted really. I I wanted to stop. I didn't want to have another drink of alcohol. And so you know, I kind of suggested that to the dad. I was like, you know, the kid's scared, and the last thing you want to do is is get somebody in a car and run them off and take them to a place when they're unsure, they're uncomfortable, and the only thing they're going to be thinking about when they get there is, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. You know, and if you can go into it, and again, it depends on your drug. Everybody's different. Every situation is going to be different. But uh, kind of getting a feel for this situation, and I told the dad, like, I don't know. I'm not there. I, I don't know what's going on. But have you tried, you know, sitting down and, you know, maybe have a family meal, sit down this weekend, talk about it, you know, and if he still needs help and it'll be obvious and, you know, have him make up his mind that he wants to go. You know, I didn't say that, but it's pretty much in so many words. And, you know, the father wrote back and said, I wish, I just wish he would sit down and have a meal with us and talk to us about it. And, and, uh, he texted me, the gentleman that wanted to go to the rehab and then he wasn't sure and scared. He, he, you know, he messaged me last night and, you know, he had a few questions and I, I answered them and, 
you know, I shot him a text today, asked him, you know, how it was going. And, you know, he told me that he was going to have a barbecue with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's parents. I thought that was a great idea because he could sit down with other people that love him and say, look, man, like, you know, if, if you need help, it's okay. And I told him that too. And if, if he needs anything, you know, he has my phone number. I'm not going to put his name out there or anything, but, um, it'd be cool if he was listening, but it's, it's one of those things that I think pushing him into a place where he was already uncomfortable could have been a really bad thing where, you know, if he has a nice meal, sits around and comes to the conclusion of himself and he, had, he was the one who reached out to the facility in the first place. So there, there was some kind of sense of, I need help. I don't want to live this way anymore, which is, is, is a great thing. I mean, it's great to want to have a great life and to not be doing drugs and let your addiction take the best of you. And he's so young. I mean, I don't know. I, I just hope it all works out for him and I hope he stays in touch with me. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I talk a lot. No, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm I, yeah. The, the, the young man that, you know, he's obviously hurting. Um, from my understanding, he had himself reached out to, um, Skywood, I think, at first off, mm-hmm. and it was a transportation issue, and that's how we kind of got a hold of this, a hold of him, and what was going on with the situation. But uh, no, he's you're right. It's it's completely different for everyone, and you know, I was thinking about it when you were talking, and I don't think that if you took everyone that was in rehab on like their first day there how like first off what got them there like how did they actually get there i mean we all know what got us there is you know that we need help from from you know our addiction but there's people there from all different you know avenues of life and all different spots in their life and it's just gotten to the point where they they need you know to address their addiction issue but i mean there's people that are there for legal issues um, they kind of like have to be there, you know, like that's just cut and dry. Um, whether they are ready for it in their life or not at that moment, um, you know, you, you always hope that there's going to, that what's being said in those rooms and those groups and, you know, meeting with those therapists and being around other people that are facing those same problems, that something's going to click, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, however they got there, nobody cares how you get there. It's just what you do while while you are there, and to be open minded, um, I think is the biggest the biggest piece of of kind of like letting letting that letting all that stuff that's being talked about that's being brought up that's you're you know kind of I don't want to say forced that's not right but you know kind of guided to address in your life about you and your addiction and your feelings and you know your relationships and your failures and your skills that you do have. And it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff and that is overwhelming. So, I mean, whether this kid, sorry, young man, <laughs> I know he's, he's young though, but we're old, but anyway, man. Um, no, to actually, you know, walk through those doors is a scary thing. Um, Having, I mean, I heard, overheard the phone call with the father and I could hear the same kind of uh, fear in his voice. And, you know, it's all out of love. Um, I'm sure that family is praying for him and praying that he has the strength to go. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for him. 
but yeah, to get into rehab is, you know, you know, for me, it took four, it took four times and it took me to want to go for myself and to make the phone calls myself and to go in there. Like, I'm really gonna, I really need to work on me. I need to be open and honest and willing and, and do this thing, you know, and that's what it took for me. Some people get there because family um, does actually have a big piece of it and is kind of more, uh, I don't want to say pushing, but advocating for that route because they kind of are like, we don't know what else to do with them. Um, or health issues, you know, could be it. Um, jobs people make people go sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships like, you know, threatening of, if you don't go to rehab, you know, I'm going to leave you or whatever family, um, you know, I'll don't, can, you can't be around the kids like that. And there's a whole world of, of reasons and all of them have reason, have good solid reasoning behind why it is that they're being pushed by whomever it is they're being pushed by. But it's only at the end of the day, it's only because those people, whoever they are, want you to get better. You know, at the end of the day, it's that other people care. And it might sound weird, like, the court cares, but no, they really do. I mean, they're hoping that you're going to learn something while you're there. It's just, that's just the route that they're trying to get you to take. And um, so, no, I I really hope that um, that young man, you know, considers getting into rehab wherever it is. Um, Skywood is an excellent place, I've heard you you know, speak volumes about that uh, location, and they seem really organized and, and a good place to, to be. But, um, yeah, the family piece is I can relate to as well. So, and, and even though there's meaning behind it and those people care and they want, they want it, and, you know, it, whether it's for, you know, the wife or the ex-wife or whoever saying, you know, you're not going to see the kids unless you go to rehab. If you don't go into it with the – the mindset of I want to change for myself, you know, and these people are pointing these things out to you, not to dig at you, not to, I would hope not to. And maybe sometimes they do to put your imperfections on blast, but you know, take it as, Hey, they see something that that's wrong in me that you don't see and think about it. And you know, you're going to want to change, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't until the end there until I did want to really change. And it was a little bit at a time until I could totally just give in. Okay. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't have fastest anymore. I really do need to change my life. And we've talked about this before about how change is scary. And I, there was comfort in what I was doing, even though it was killing me, there, there was comfort in knowing here's what I can expect that I can go work. I, I can go be on the radio I come home, I can close the door, and I can es- escape in my own mind. I can watch dumb TV shows and drink till I pass out. Wake up, I can do it all over again. And that's a sad, sad life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. But I had to go through all of that to be where I'm at now. So it's yeah. catch-22. But I want to go back to the father. And, you know, you said you kind of caught some of that conversation. And you kind of felt the same. So, and I was kind of leery about this, but I'm glad I did do it. 
I uh, shared with them a podcast that you actually did, you and my mom and my sister. And I started listening to it. And like the first 10 minutes, you guys are just joking around. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know, you know, if, if you listen to the podcast. But I also gave them my mom's phone number. Mm-hmm. And I did. I was going to tell her about it, and I forgot. I didn't forget. I just figured, you know, she'll figure it out. Um, but he reached out to my mom, and, you know, he, he thanked me big time for that. And he said, you know, you were lucky that you had your mom, you know, in your corner. And I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know that big time. And of course I shot back. Yeah. You know, I made her a pro. (laughs) (laughs) I made her a pro at this kind of stuff. And, you know, she wasn't, um, really trying to tell him too much about what to do, but she was just kind of there for him, you know, to go, look, I've I've been through it, you know, more support, Mm -hmm. you know, like don't give up. You know, and I think that's what she told him was, you know, don't give up on them and you can't scold them. You can't yell at them. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not them. It's, mm-hmm. it's their brain and, and this is how, how it's working right now. And I, I, I think she did a great job and I, I told her that and she did, <laughs> she did say, to me, why don't you go to this place is a horrible Chinese restaurant. And I was mm-hmm. like, mom, no, don't send them there. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's horrible. And, you know, so I had to shoot a message. I'm like, don't go to that place. It's horrible. It's a horrible Chinese restaurant. And so he wrote back. He's like, no, no, we're, we're locked in on Skywood. I'm like, okay, good, because that place is amazing. Um, not that I want to go back, but if I had to. <laughs> well, I think it's the same kind of thing with family members relating to other family members of, of people that are struggling um, in addiction is, this, is the same relationship that, alcoholics and addicts have with one another yeah it's kind of like we can talk to each other and talk about whatever yeah, and it's, it. it doesn't shock and shock and shake us you know it's kind of like we can have a normal conversation about the craziest things and it's just like yeah i know yeah i get it but you know when you're talking with somebody else and it's this comfort factor it's mm-hmm. like not being scared to say the wrong words or you know kind of you know spill your guts because that's what we're there for and it's just it's you know it's an amazing feeling to have that kind of freedom um in your words and and with your feelings with another person um to share like that and i think it's nice that and there should be more of that you know family members being able to communicate with each other because they can say i've been there my son or daughter you know, put me through the ringer or whatever (laughs) the case may be. Um, And this is how I handled it, you know, and they're not all beautiful stories. They're awful stories, you know, and they're sad stories and they're, you know, it's, but they made it through. I mean, so far. And I know sometimes we kind of mean to be careful because we're talking about this, like it's, you know, there's, they still have to deal with us, (laughs) you know, on a daily yeah. basis and stuff like that. But, um, no, I mean, in terms of they can say, like your mom could say to that gentleman or to the father, mm-hmm. I know what you're feeling right now. I know that you're scared for your son and that you don't know what words to say. Mm-hmm. She has empathy. Yeah. You know, and that's because, and that's actually what sparked me giving him my mom's number was he said, something about I don't know what can I do or you know he was like looking for advice for me and I I, I don't know man I'm I'm on this side of the fence you know mm-hmm. and that's when I thought well 
You know, do you like how I drag people into 217 recovery too? <laughs> how it's just a, hey, and I, Chris Goss can, he can attest to this. And, you know, I was like, wait a minute, I was, I was just going to be on the show. And next thing you know, I'm like, come on, Chris, let's do the podcast. And now I'm like, hey, come on, Marty. And <laughs> now my mom's going to find out, oh, hey, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're president of it's 217 recovery, one of them. And, oh, yeah, you're getting drug in too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that's something that my mom could take pride in too, knowing that. You know, she didn't give up on me, and I'm doing stuff, and, and we're becoming successful, and, you know, that's what she wants, and if she can help somebody else, too, and she would have loved to have somebody, and maybe she did, I don't know, I don't think she did, have somebody that she could turn to that would understand, like you said, you know, from, it's, I think my mom put it in the text to me, um, non-addict to non-addict, which, of course, I think everybody's addicted to something, versus addict to addict and and that's exactly what you know you were relating to is mm-hmm. you know you and I can talk all day we get it we know we understand you know mm-hmm. um but them they and they could talk all day and we wouldn't get it you know and until we, I don't know I don't want to even say that but uh, so I'm not going to well I think <laughs> I think that that's a lot of the reason why 217 recovery podcast appeals to not just people that are in recovery, but the family members or the bosses uh, or, um, you know, whomever that is dealing with people with addiction because it's almost like getting to, into our heads, you know, to hear like what we what we are thinking and, and how things work. And then kind of like, because we, t- we touch on stuff like this, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about just it's not just about us in our daily life and in recovery but the people we come across and and how you know we communicate with them or you know situations just like you're talking about about the family members and because a lot of people don't know what to say you know and don't know who to reach out to and and so i mean they say recovery affects everyone you know it's not just the person everyone everyone that they that they interact with and you know, affects them in some way, shape, or form, and almost always nine times out of ten, it's always not in a in a great way. You know, for those hard times. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We met with a guy today too. Uh, we'll switch topics to something I know it's you wanted really to talk switching. about. Huh? It's not really switching. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. There you go. I'm excited about it. No, we went. Well, I'll I'll let you tell the story. Um. Well, we actually. Uh, I came across meeting um a gentleman by the name of Randy Burgess. He is a fantastic man. He uh, works for Faith Reform Church, and I came across him um through uh personal. Um, things I was working on, reaching out um, for some help. And um, anyhow, we became kind of good friends. And I shared my story with him. And he, you know, was interested in hearing about myself and what I was doing with my life, that I'm now working uh, with other alcoholics and addicts as as my job um, in a treatment facility and, um, you know, just the kind of the strides that I've made and how, you know, through all that, that, um, you know, God's been a big part of that. 
I always, and I, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't bring my higher power up enough in, um, when I talk about my recovery, because it's always, it's always something, um, you know, my higher power is something that's always been a huge, a huge thing for, that I know has gotten me to where I'm at today. You know, I've had to put a lot of work into it. I put a lot of effort into it, but I also feel like I've gotten that strength from my higher power. Um, you know, and, but he, uh, you know, he's, he knows he's got his stories about, you know, people in recovery, uh, because he works with the community in all different arenas. Um, that church is a huge asset for Traverse City. Uh, I think that they, I think it's Safe Harbor, I believe, mm-hmm. is also, um, they work with them, the single mothers, I can't remember the name, I apologize, but all different kinds of uh, agencies, nonprofit agencies, um, they help them out. They do uh, community dinners, I do believe, on Thursdays, and all kinds of good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, he's was really interested in hearing about what we do and and what we're all about. So we had an awesome conversation. We got to tour um, the church and all of their buildings that they have. They hold NA meetings there. Uh, at Jacob's Well, those are, I think, now just barely kind of starting up. They're being very COVID cautious, but they're, you know, so things are starting to take shape uh, again with their their services and so on. But he, he was an amazing person to talk to and had a lot of good things about to say to say about what we were doing. You know, he, he recognized and commended our efforts and, and, you know, totally agreed, like, what we're doing is, is really pertinent to you know, being out there and helping people, and, and he was really proud of us. So it meant a lot. It was a really good meeting. We gave him a shirt. <laughs> He's rocking the 217 Recovery <laughs> Podcast shirt. He's like, what am I going to hear when I listen to this? <laughs> Depends which one you listen to. Yeah, right. Some are more serious. Some are goofy. Sometimes, we're, I don't know, they're all over the board. But that's what keeps it fresh, too, in my mind, because we could sit here and we could – do the same show over and over and over and I don't know to me that's that's boring I don't want to do that and yeah. sometimes it feels like it but but it's it doesn't you know every day is different and we pretty much open up and talk about our day and Rodney was great Randy Randy was great mm-hmm. and um yeah you know, hopefully we we do stuff in the in the future and I, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity there mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, our our faith is 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 all that uh not all that we can lean on, but something that we can lean on for sure and you know being spiritual like I am, you know, it's it's a good feeling to have other people in the community back you mm-hmm. and you know to give credit to God. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's what we do and and great things have been happening for us and so why would we stop? <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I think it kind of just reminded me, like I was saying, I don't know if I talk about it enough and I, I don't know, I, I guess just to how people in general view or think about what part or what piece that their higher power plays in their recovery, because for me, it's huge. You know, I pray, I don't, 
I don't get down on my knees and pray. I pray all the time. Like I'll, I'll pray when I'm in the shower. I'll pray when I'm, you know, making breakfast. It, you know, there's no schedule or anything, but I kind of just like talk to God about, you know, what's going on with me and, and kind of, you know, what I need help with and just my gratefulness most, most of all is just what I'm grateful for and, and the thank yous for everything that, that I have in my life today. Um, just to recognize that. And, uh, I think it's just important for me. It's important. I mean, I think everybody in their recovery is different, but you know, whatever he was, didn't even come across as like pushing religion. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that people need to, you know, really, what do they call that pigeonhole, you know, what it is that they believe in. It's not like, you know, if whatever, whoever your God is, I'm cool with that. You know, whoever it is that you, you know, is your higher power is, hey, go for it. You know, as long as you're believing in something that's, you know, bigger than you, then that you can draw strength from, then, you know, that's, that's the whole deal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was a good day. It was a great day. And Thursday and did I, when was it, no, it was Thursday, and I think we, or I had mentioned in my last, oh, maybe I didn't, I don't know, because I know I interviewed Jewel from the Daily Recovery Zone in Pawpaw on Thursday about the event that they're having in September, and I thought I mentioned that we were reviewed, our podcast got reviewed in this um, podcast for these guys Actually, they're called Those Guys from Wichita. Yeah. And <laughs> it takes me a minute. I'm a horrible names. But they reviewed the podcast. And one of the things, and we're going to get into it. I'll play it exactly what they said and how it went down. We care what Wichita thinks. Yeah, we do. We do. But they <laughs> they mentioned us and they, you know, um not really critiqued us, but they just kind of gave what they thought about the show and it was good stuff. And we'll play that tomorrow. I don't want to get into that now because <laughs> there's a lot I want to talk about, but uh, they pretty much said too, they're like, wow, this, you know, this guy. And if we think this girl, this is girlfriend, maybe I don't know, <laughs> but they said that, yeah, if you're on the fence about whether you should stop drinking or not, don't listen to the podcast if you want to quit drinking or if you don't want to quit drinking because it will make you want to quit drinking. And they, you know, mentioned how real it was. And the guy even said, yeah, and I don't know what episode he listened to. I think it was maybe last week's or something where I, maybe it was Tuesdays. I don't know. But he had said that I was talking about, you know, thinking about drinking and, oh, what a good buzz that is. And then when you actually start drinking, you realize that that buzz isn't even that good. Mm -hmm. And so you keep going and going and going, trying to chase it. And it never was that good in the first place. And now you're right back at square one. So he was like, wow, that really made him think. And like I said, I'll play the whole um, segment from their podcast of them talking about our podcast mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow yeah. on Sunday. So I, I, was, mean, I always think it's interesting when people that um, – like aren't alcoholics or addicts are not really like shooting for listening to something like I'm just going to review some podcasts. I mean, <laughs> you could have been listening to food, you know, critique 
podcast. Oh, he or... was. They were rough on some of them. Yeah, I they, mean, all, they, were, they were all over the board, and I'm like, and then you like hit on us. You're probably just like, whoa, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were they were kind. I think. Yeah. You know, I was happy with it. There was a couple they didn't like, and they were mm-hmm. pretty honest about that. And like I said, I've reviewed or not reviewed, but listened to some recovery podcast, and eh. You know, uh, I like my friend, Mr. Deer. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you heard from him lately? I haven't. And he was going to be on the podcast. So we had to touch base with him again. But I liked what he had to talk about. But his he's in New Zealand, I think. Mm-hmm. And the time difference is such a crazy thing. I mean, we could make it happen for sure. A happy middle or a happy medium or whatever. But... um. You know, I liked the way he talked, you know, about recovery. And you could just feel that passion. And, and some of these guys, I don't know, I was listening to this one show, and he was just like, yeah, we're broadcasting from some recovery center in Florida on the Caribbean or something. And I'm like, <sighs> and he's, I'm like, so you're taking money from the – and that's nothing wrong with that, man. Dude's got to eat. But, you know, it, it, it sounded more like it was uh, – you know, a radio station remote where, hey, we're broadcasting live. Recovery from in paradise. Kirk's and, or Turks and whatever it's called. Turks and know. Caicos. Yeah, there you go. I don't vacation much. So, you know, it just kind of made me feel like, really, dude? You're going to talk about how great this place is? And oh, oh, they're not paying you. They just flew you there for free. and get Yeah, that's paying you, bro. Like, they set you up in a hotel, gave you a bunch of free stuff. That, you have to claim that on your taxes. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um but yeah, there there's some that are just like, whoa. And I don't know. I think that we're all right. Um but it was it was cool that they didn't say we sucked or anything, which I knew they wouldn't say that, but it, we'll play it for you tomorrow. And of course you're listening to this, it's probably Sunday already. Uh we got a little late jump late start on it and um Yeah, but we do appreciate you listening, that's for sure and Anna, I want to throw a shout out to her because she was cracking me up today. First of all, she's on this Bigfoot kick. Did she send you the the movie video? I didn't look in my emails. Well, you saw the video. Well, we, yeah, you were on the podcast yeah. when we were at Anna's, and she we talked to her about her Bigfoot experience where she said she saw Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and so we played the video for the guy from North Carolina, and oh, and he says get get. get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm over here. Uh-huh. Um, so now she's on this kick, you know, and she's sending me songs with that being remixed. And, well, today she sends me a video, and I guess she was in St. Ignace by the fairies. Maybe she was going to Mackinac Island. I don't know. But they have a Bigfoot statue. <laughs> so she grabs the stick, and she's, like, quoting the dude word for word. Get Yes, and I saw him over cheer and uh, get get. So I told her, I was like, send me that video because I pray I have time to make that into some kind of remix because I think that would be awesome. Oh, that's and... great! <laughs> it was funny, and I give her a shout out for that. And then she told me too, and uh, she was like, "Hey, and I, I love that you and her are are trying, and well, not trying. You guys are finding." Um, different avenues for 217 recovery to go and you know we look for donations and support from the community and she ran into a guy and she said he was uh, 
hot dog vendor or sold hot dogs. I got to talk to her more about it. But she said that he, you know, gives his profits to nonprofit organizations and that he was going to um, do that for 217 Recovery this year. And I thought, well, okay, well, what's the name of the place, Anna? Like, we can, you know, we didn't we didn't tell him, hey, if you give us that, we'll give you plugs on our show. But we should give him a big thank you on our show, you know. Mm-hmm. And we definitely will do that. But, you know, a name would be great, Anna. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, but it's, it's very cool. And I, I just think everything's coming around. And we had talked about our higher power and God a little bit ago. But I think everything's coming around just like it's supposed to. You know, with Anna, you know, now having more time. You having more time at this moment, I think, I think it's all happening for a reason, mm-hmm. and I'm excited. And you know, just the fact to kind of get everybody together. And Anna texted me this morning too because I told her about the event in Pawpaw that we're going to on September 19th, the Recovery Zone rally. First, I'm not going to say it. Just going to say the first. <laughs> okay. I guess not going to say annual Jewel, and. <laughs> she would I told her about that and she's like oh my gosh can we speak I'm like I'm sure yeah we could probably talk whatever you know we're we'll doing our podcast from there and stuff and next thing you know yeah get up there and so she woke up the next morning and she texted me and she said oh my god I dream I had a dream that I was at the UFAM rally and I was up there speaking and she said she was so nervous that when she woke up she was still nervous and I had to go it's like I had to go outside and smoke a cigarette real fast because I was still so nervous <laughs> so, that's funny. Oh, wait till you get up there, Anna, in front of thousands of people all staring at you. Right. Better not mess up, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, it, I think we messed up enough the first time I had Anna up and when we did like some speaker night thing and it was it was horrible. And I just kind of looked at the guys and was like, well, we can't get much worse than that, so let's move forward. And I've had those moments in radio, you know, where I was on stage and there's like thousands of people out there and I never messed up that bad, but (laughs) whatever, man, you learn to get over it pretty quick. There was one time though, I couldn't throw a shirt off stage and I didn't know how far the stage really was. And it's hard throwing a t-shirt. That's why they have guns that shoot them. I would love to see that. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm like pointing at the crowd. I think it was like for Rodney Carrington or we had to introduce somebody like that or something and. I don't know. It was when I was in Arkansas and pointing at the crowd like, you want a shirt over here? You know, doing the Hulk Hogan like with the ear and the hand. What? Over here? Can you hear me? What? Yeah. Uh, threw it. <laughs> and I hear laughter and I'm like, what? And then Steve's like, Steve, we called him the hater. He worked for the country station. He was up there with me too. He's like, mm, didn't make it off stage, windshield. <laughs> and I was like, huh? He's like, didn't make it off stage. And I looked and I'm like, shit. So I went and picked it was at the end. So like all the front row is just like, Blah, you can't even throw it off the stage. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> and I was like, eh, whatever. I just, there you go. I'm just picturing this. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was great. I was getting worked up. You want it over here? <laughs> Doing the Hulk Hogan. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and then pff, go chuck it and it doesn't even make it off the stage. So, I mean, those were those moments, you know? So, I mean, that was pretty embarrassing. And you just kind of look and just go, meh, okay. There's worse things that have happened. And one time we were at this country fest. And it was in Oklahoma. No, it was in Arkansas. 
Mulberry, Mulberry Mountain, Thunder on the Mountain. And then there was 100,000 people easy. And it was like this three-day festival. There were so many babies made. Oh, I don't want to think about that. But so there's all these people out there. And they just had like some kind of um, like hippie fest or something the week before. And they I don't know what the porter potties. There was some situation with something. And there was, so it was, the whole place smelled like just dookie. It was so it really wasn't that fun. So anyway, back to my story though about on stage. So we're on stage, and my coworker she worked in Fayetteville, and I worked for a Fayetteville station, but I did it. I did my show from Fort Smith. I did my show in Fort Smith from Fort Smith, and my show in Fayetteville from Fort Smith. So I'd only meet up with them, you know, a few times a year. But since I was promotions director, it started to be more and more. So we kind of worked this event together, and we go out together to introduce this band and I was like, I'm not, I don't, not about this country life. I don't know what these people, I don't, I don't know who they are. I hate country. So I let her go ahead and introduce. And I just kind of went out there to support, support her. Cause she was all like nervous and, Oh, I can't mess this up. And she had her like her little cards. And, and so anyway, the band, I don't remember what band it was. If it was, it wasn't Brooks and Dunn, but it was like, um, ah, I don't remember. But anyway, It'd be like saying, hey, here's Metallica recording artist, Silver Records. She mixed them. Oh, <laughs> So yeah. instead of saying, you know, like, here's the Silver Records artist, Metallica. It was like, here's Metallica artist, Silver Records. <laughs> and I just looked at her in the face of, oh, man. Like, it was on her face and I couldn't do anything but laugh. I was like, oh, my God. Like. Like I could, I didn't even know that. Like that was bad, and oh, this is the look on her face. Is like I, I still just see it today. And Audrey, if you're listening, that was hilarious. Um, Audie, sorry, but yeah, I doubt she's listening. But maybe she's like, at least I can throw a t-shirt off the stage. Ooh, zinger! <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it, those were good times, and. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Anna, don't worry, it's gonna be fine. And if anything, I'll go up there and I'll either laugh at you if you mess up, or I'll throw some t-shirts. And, <laughs> and I'll make it easy for you for sure. But no, it it's once you do it a couple hundred times, it's nothing. So it just takes a couple hundred times, but no, it doesn't take that much. But uh, once once you kind of get to the, I'm telling my story, you know, like they're not. First of all, they're not gonna know if you mess up. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. But uh, we should we should film we should do that we should film like us practicing. And by us, I mean you and Anna and Chris. If Chris still wants to do it, I gotta get a hold of him. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I just want to film stuff now. I got the camera. I know. Phone. Oh, and one thing that we do need to mention before we go is the license plate for the 217 recovery oh, car. yeah, right on. Coincidence or not, you tell me. Okay, the first letters. Yeah, I open up the license. Well, we've been waiting for this to come in the mail for like over like two weeks now. So we finally get it. And I like snapshot the actual package because I was like, oh, you know, it's going to be like Christmas. You know, I'll let him open it up or whatever. Well, then he asked if there's the screws come with it. So I'm like, oh, check and see, because I couldn't really. It was, it was bulky because there was a bunch of paper in there on top of it. But so I thought maybe there might have been in there. I open it up. I open it up. I'm texting them back. Like, nope, doesn't look like there's any screw. And as I'm typing this text, I 
take the plate out and it says DD <laughs> like two, three, five, six or something. And I was like, you gotta be sh- totally kidding me right now. Like, yeah, guess we're DD now. At first, How did they know? Yeah, designated drivers. And first I just thought, oh, double D's. <laughs> Not really, but kind of really. But then you're like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, this, you know, <laughs> designated driver. Yeah. That's coincidence. I don't know. I, don't I, mean, know. I mean, God's playing it out for us, but, um, yeah, well, we'll review the review of our review <laughs> from the, those guys in Wichita's podcast, uh, tomorrow. And, uh, well, I think we're going to review a movie again too. And then I got an email from a lady and maybe some other people can chime in on this and maybe give advice to what they would do or how they would handle the situation it has to do with marijuana mm. and a 16 year old. <gasps> yeah, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> but thanks for listening and 217recovery.com resources. There's online meetings, links to that, um, Instagram, our blogs. Anna's got the blog. Jay's got a blog. Marnie's got a blog. I got a blog. Everybody got a blog. And then listen to Broken and Beautiful. Anna said, Anna said, she's going to do another one tomorrow. So we'll see about that. And then uh, listen for ours too. We're on Pandora. Now we're on all the platforms. So find us and appreciate if you share us with your friends. Have a good night or day. (laughs) See you, everybody. (laughs) See ya.